Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to your Woke Bros. I'm Michael Brooks, joined by fellow Woke Bro, Big Waz, Waz Lombre, and the Three Musketeers now, Nando Vila. The Woke yep. Bros are here with our genius producer, Rob Lopez, the evil genius behind it all, Jade Hoy. We're going to tell you in the end all the different ways you can find us and our Patreon pages and all the rest. But real quick up top, I'll start with TMBS. February 7th, live show at the Bell House. This might already even be sold out by the time you hear this, but might not be. Check it and grab your tickets. That's incredibly exciting. And then April 3rd in Austin, Texas at the North Door. TMBS is in the Lone Star State with Anna Kasparian and Abby Martin. Whoa. Monster, those things have only been on sale for less than a week, and they're like going at a fast clip. So get your tickets. Wise, what else? On March the 28th, Count the Dings will be live at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. Of course, the entire Count the Dings crew, myself, Amino Hassan, Zach Harper, Mariano Bivens, uh, you know, Jade Hoy, Tom Habistro, Black Trey. Eden Le, uh, Nissan Bluestein, uh, you know, just the entire crew. Tony Mays is going to be in the building. 
We got Jerry Ferrara lined up as a guest. My man Pablo Torre. Of course, my fellow woke bro Michael Brooks will be in the building. We're just starting to line up these guests, y'all. It's looking real crazy. It's going to be the best show that Counter Dings has ever put on. New York is typically our best crowd. Um, you don't want to miss this. Get your tickets at counterdings.com. And I do want to say, Mike, man, you doing panels with Cornell West. And, what? And, and, <laughs> and you going to Brazil to do interviews with Lula da Silva. I mean, I know you're going to slum it in New York with us, but goddamn, bro. You're killing it. <laughs> Dude, it's a fucking honor. I, I honestly like I and I gotta tell you, the video of Cornell West is gonna the second part of the interview with Lula just dropped. Everybody should watch both of these interviews. I'm really proud of the job we did. Lula is a statesman, he's amazing. It was an incredible experience. And the whole this whole event at Harvard with Cornell West was incredible. There was a lot of amazing people there, and I think they're going to try to make it like a yearly thing. And obviously, we got to get Wise and Nando there. Uh, but the whole purpose of me going, and I shouldn't even say this publicly, but it's just, you know, totally just to impress Dr. West. <laughs> and, like, 100%. And I so I, I, I will say... I mean, look, the man is he's awesome and he's as genuine and as great as you expect. And when you, we dropped the video, look, I'm not saying anything, but I'll just say I got a number of interruptions for handshakes and cosigns a lot. So I think mission accomplished, gentlemen. I think Cornell West is my favorite person in America. Yeah. And 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 I would encourage our listeners to go go check out Cornell West on Joe Rogan. That's what they call a segue in the biz, Mike. <laughs> Expert host. <laughs> Waz the pro, man. Waz, you want to set this up? Uh, Bernie Sanders picked up a, an endorsement, which wasn't even a crazy endorsement, on one of his latest episodes. Joe Rogan, the the, the probably one of the biggest YouTubers on the planet. Um, he kind of dominates that space, has a crazy, rabid following. Um, and, you know, he's somebody who's interviewed Bernie in the past, interviewed Cornell West in the past. He's interviewed leftists, lefties, real progressives in the past because, you know, he has a he has a history of being sort of, quote unquote, libertarian. And we all know if you're listening to this, you know, libertarianism is it's a sham. It's a crock. Like it's not like once you it's something once you interrogate like. Even, you know, in a rudimentary way, intellectually, you're like, "Mm, okay, there's not much there. But anyway, that's Joe Rogan's background. You know, he's a comedian. You know him from Fear Factor. You know him from UFC stuff. Anyway, he's a big YouTuber, has a big following on his show. He said that he's going to be voting for Bernie Sanders in the primary. Who are you going to vote for in the primary? I think... I think I'll probably vote for Bernie. Him as a human being, when I was hanging out with him, and yeah. I, I believe in him. I like him. I like him a lot. What Bernie stands for is a guy who, well, look, you could you could dig up dirt on every single human being that's ever existed if you catch them in their worst moment, and you magnify those moments, and you cut out everything else, and you only display, display those worst moments. That said... You can't find very many with Bernie. He's been insanely consistent his entire life. He's basically been saying the same thing, been for the same thing his whole life. And that 
in and of itself is a very powerful structure to operate from. Boom. Um, the, the Sanders camp picks up on this and they, you know, they kind of do a blitz behind it. And it's like, yo, we, we picked up an endorsement from Joe Rogan. Like they leaned into it, which I don't know that I would have did all that, (laughs) but you know, you can't blame them. It's like, you know, they're trying to win. And it's like, look, look at what we're able to do. We're able to change the minds. Like we're going out and changing minds of people out there. Right. Um, and so, you know, they they kind of patted themselves on the back for getting the Joe Rogan uh, push or uh, tacit, you know, endorsement. Right. Um, of course, Bernie starts getting destroyed from the moderates, from the conservatives within the party. Everybody, you know, the, 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 the progressives in the party, everybody's like, oh, how dare you court the, you know, court the support of. Joe Rogan, he's anti-trans, he said racially insensitive stuff, he said misogynist stuff in the past, blah, 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 and it's like, how can any of these people do this stuff with a straight face? <laughs> like, no, seriously, I, I leave it to you, like, you know, I have my own thoughts, but like, how do they, like, how? How do you do this? And I'm talking about pro- from progressives to moderates to conservatives, like, and, you know, just to give you guys an alley-oop, like, we're going to get into Joe Biden being a liar, straight up lying about participating in sit-ins and basically calling himself Abernathy, essentially, right? Like, Joe Biden is fashioning himself as, you know, Huey P. Newton on the front lines of the civil rights stuff, okay? Um, this is how he's fashioning himself, and he's straight up lying about it. That's Joe Biden. Cool. Um, Pete Buttigieg, who we've covered extensively on this show, straight up said black people, he can't court black support because black people are homophobic and hate gay people. Therefore, he'll never convince black people to support him. That's his excuse. This is the really weird thing is that black people not only hate gay people, but they particularly hate gay people who cover up police murdering them. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's one of those it's one of those weird things. And then, of course, Warren has her own racial stuff. Awkwardness. Do you imagine if Bernie Sanders? I know I've done this. Isn't even my riff. I, yeah. Something else came up with it, and I I went off of it. I think it was True and Non podcast, but just like if if Bernie was just like I'm Chinese, <laughs> General Charles Chicken, that's my recipe. <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren ran around for fucking decades, and these friggin' hypocrite twerps are just like, no, you can't talk about that. Even not only to mention the fact that it's like. If Elizabeth Warren and mercifully this won't happen was the nominee and Donald Trump was on his way to beat like just blowing her out in the general election and you can't police the conversation, he would dine on that every day and it would look phony and weird to most normal voters. But anyways, yeah, Nanzo, go to you first, man. And then, I, you know, because I wrote something on this, yeah, I'll yeah. basically just, you know, repeat some of what I wrote. But Nanzo, I mean, was I yeah, I agree with you, obviously, but. Nando, tee off. Yeah, I mean, I this was, uh, I think this was indicative of a sort of deeper pathology that exists within left of center or liberal, left liberal circles um, often, which is, and even in some far left circles, but it is, it's a sort of uh, understanding of politics that is so flawed in that the point of politics, at least as far as I understand it, is to 
speak to people and try to convince them to get on board with your agenda. Right. Um, and that's, I mean, it seems so stupid and simple Not when you say Joe it like Biden. that. Joe Biden is like the point yeah, of the, politics is to keep someone. everything exactly the same as it is right now. Well, that's just that, but Joe someone. Biden, there was that video that went viral of Joe Biden, Joe Biden saying like, go vote for someone else. Go, he keeps on telling people to go vote for someone else other than him because he gets mad when they, when they uh, push back on something. He's like, yeah, yeah, just go vote for Bernie or go vote for somebody else. But I, you know, I, I, I understand politics as a method to build power around, uh, an agenda that you believe in. And if you're going to do that, you need to get people on board. Um, and when you do that, you're going to get people that didn't previously agree with you on every single thing that you already believe in. And that's a good thing, obviously, like you need to get more people on your team. And if you get a guy like Joe Rogan, who has had some um, like funky political views in the past, and he dabbles a lot in the you know libertarian world, intellectual dark web bullshit that Mike Mike's book is is going to be about, um, you know, th- then if you can talk to him in a different way and sort of take his attention off of that and onto your sort of socialist, social democratic uh, agenda then that, that's unquestionably a good thing. I mean, you're going to need to do that. So this idea that you can only um, celebrate the conversions of people that were already on your team or already believed all the correct things is just weird. Um, like I, I, the, the best take I saw, and I saw a tweet from a woman named Aisha uh, Ahmad, and it's, she, said, she said this, which is like, I thought it was exactly right. She said, Joe Rogan is what most Americans are like. Curious, not super engaged in the nuts and bolts of the political process, politically incorrect, but not maliciously so. If you think Bernie shouldn't have celebrated his endorsement, you are not ready to fight for someone you don't know. And that's true. Like, I, you know, if you go out on the street and you talk to people and, you know, like I talk to my friends or, you know, people, whatever, like that are not involved in like the media. People just don't care. They don't care. And most people say say shit that's like often politically incorrect, but they're not. They're not like they're not dicks about it. Like they don't they don't like actually Listen, hate all those people. I, I, I was watching I was watching Marcus Morris who just got his ass kicked by thirty points last night, and he had a problem with a guy named Jay Crowder. Uh, these are NBA basketball players, and he and he comes out and he says, you know. You know, he flops a lot. He d- d- doing all kinds of stuff with his neck, playing real woman like, playing like a female. This is a man's game. And he didn't even think two t- twice about it. This is how people talk. Not that it's excusable and that he shouldn't be corrected and that he shouldn't be, you know, it's like somebody shouldn't reach out to him and be like, look, bro, this is why it's messed up that you said that. Um, but this this is how people talk. <laughs> and then this idea that Bernie was like elevating Joe Rogan or whatever. I mean, Joe Rogan yeah, okay. gets what, like a uh, hundred million downloads a month or something like yeah, ridiculous. Okay. Like he's got a bigger audience than literally all the cable news hosts combined. Uh, so like, I mean, this idea that Bernie could elevate him, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like he's elevated in any sort of <laughs> definition of the term. So I found the whole thing to be nauseating because it, it, it speaks to like a, a, a deep fear of actually taking power. There is a sort of weird fear because the left has been in such retreat for so long. There is this idea that like we'll never uh, take power. And so we just have to kind of, I don't know, steer away from it or, or sabotage ourselves or whatever, like instead of just like actually building the coalitions necessary to actually change things. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I agree completely with you guys. And send me that tweet later, Nonzo, because, yeah, yeah I mean, that tweet that you mentioned just summarizes everything. I, I, I wrote a piece with Ben Burgess about this in Jacobin, which people can read. But I just to try to add something, I mean, basically the same thing we've been saying, but something new to it. I mean, I think, one, there's like the obvious hypocrisy. And I just want to say, I don't agree with any of this. Like, I think it's all stupid as hell. But it does have to be noted that there's one contingent of people that were complaining about this and cynically trying to use it to, to uh, smear Bernie. And then by extension, let's be honest, make sure you don't have health care. Um, speaking <laughs> of like immorality, uh, they, you know, they were, you know, slay queen emojis all day for Hillary, Hillary's Howard Stern interview. And if Joe Rogan <laughs> said, you know, if Joe Rogan said like, dude, like, you know, fucking Elizabeth Warren's smart, man. She's got fucking plans. All of these people would be, you know, they would be coming on the Twitter. Like, hey, man, I took DMT and I went out to the desert and I took DMT and I was like, hey, you know, you know, this chick's got a lot of plans, man. And and, and she sounds real smart. And, you know, it just came to me. It was just so I was like, bam, you know, like maybe it's got to do like what I would elect in my own mind. But it's like, what we need now for like to like fucking do shit, you yeah. know, that's but, how most people talk about politics. Yeah. And that's, and that's like, the, but the other just real quick things too, is like, it's not, this is so important because we all know that what people call the center is bullshit. Like it's always like, Oh yeah. The center is ultra affluent people who are right wing and corporatist on economics. And they're, they went to Ivy league schools and they're, I wouldn't even say they're socially liberal or socially open. I would say that they have a certain kind of social etiquette, right? Like they still have plenty of racist attitudes as an example, but they understand, you know, and now it's like, you're supposed to pretend to be super woke or whatever. And so, and like, that's the center. The center is someone who wants to, you know, enshrine an apartheid state in the Middle East, bomb Iraq, cut corporate tax, you know, give corporations tax cuts. But all of a sudden, the last six months has gotten really concerned about the rights of transgender people, you know, like and like Joe Biden tweeted out like Joe Biden. Trump. And, I, and so, like, you know, what what Joe Rogan represents is what the actual center of this country is. And. Yeah. That's in some ways actually really good. And you know what, Mike? Oh, and I, you know, Mike, we need to because we need to move on from this. I just want to say this. Anybody who's listening to this right now, you can actually go watch Bernie talking to Joe Rogan. And you can go watch, like I said, Cornell West talking to Joe Rogan. And all I ever freaking hear from these centrist people is that you need to be making appeals to people on the center. And you need to be making the argument, making the case for progressivism to those people. You need to be making the case, changing hearts and minds. A quote-unquote flaming liberal leftist like Bernie um, can't do it. A pragmatist needs to be, has to be the one who does it. Go watch them talk to Joe Rogan and watch him be mesmerized in real time by just fact. Just go watch it. Like, this is what's going to change people's minds. Like, that's the thing about the Rogan thing. Like, nobody agree. Nobody on, on this call right now is obsessed with Joe Rogan. Like, of course, we're not um, transphobic and we think he should enlighten himself about trans issues. Of course, we're like, all right, 
some of the stuff he said was racially insane. Like, of course we recognize some of the stuff he's done and said was misogynistic. Of course. But if you want to deal with reality, and like Michael and Nando already pointed out, these are the kinds of people whose minds you have to change. The kinds of people who are generally disinterested in what Mitch McConnell is doing on a day-to-day basis. Like, you need to be effectively making the argument for progressivism. And that's why I would encourage people to actually go watch Bernie on that damn show and understand why Bernie was able to convert this cat. Yeah, without a doubt. And and I'm just saying, like, I think, of course, we all evolve and we all change and not that, you know, Rogan hasn't said and, and honestly just has positions on certain things that I strongly disagree with. But I also think... It's very important to even recognize, and I think we've been saying it, and the last thing I'll say is even just the difference between like a politically incorrect personal attitude versus a policy. Because I will say as much as he has absolutely said and holds policy views that I just totally disagree with, there's a number of areas where when I looked into it, it was striking to me that it's like, okay, he said one thing and whatever, okay – but his actual policy position is good, right? Like he never questions the right for legal protection and equality for transgender people. And by endorsing Bernie Sanders, he's endorsing by far the most transgender rights-oriented candidate in terms of reality, even though other ones might be more you know, scripted to sound woke or whatever. But going back to the 80s, Bernie Sanders supported the rights of trans people in a real substantive and not just performative way. So I just think people also need to keep their eye on, you know, what the actual policy is. But speaking of which, Joe Biden, why, 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 why? He's having (laughs) a hard time. And he's having a hard time because his record is trash by any metric from corporations to race to war to gender. Um, and he's also going senile, like he's diminishing in front of us and Bernie surging guys take it from there. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a wide, I mean, Nando actually, actually has a, a better facility with the actual polls themselves, but yeah, he's surging in Iowa right at the right time. He's surging nationally right at the right time. And he's, you know, he's looking like a guy who's raised a lot of money. The right way, might I add, you know what I mean? Not going around Goldman and all of these banks and all of these real estate industry types and begging for money from, you know, people, the the corporate dick. (laughs) He's not sucking on the corporate tit. He went out and got money from real people who believe in what he's trying to do. And they scraped up their pennies to say, hey, man, go forward, young man. Right. Um, And he's got a ground game. He's got an actual organization on the grounds in these places, knocking on doors, getting the kinds of energizing the kinds of people that are going to show up. And so he's looking good. He's sitting pretty right now in Iowa, Nando. Yeah, I mean, and the the voting comes out. The voting is the Iowa caucus is this Monday. So it's it's happening. It's coming. It's coming, folks. I mean, he in the latest polls, he's taken um, anywhere from a five to six, some, some of them even have closer to like a seven or eight point lead in Iowa, which I find just astonishing in, in many ways, because I, I still kind of believe 
um, the theory that the polls under poll Bernie almost by design because his support is strongest amongst young people and non-traditional voters, which is what polling usually represents is, is traditional voters, people that people that are reliable voters. Um, so it's even possible that the polls are underselling the lead. Um, you know, and if you look at 2016 polls the day before Iowa, Hillary had like a 10 or 12 point lead. And then they essentially tied um, because the polls were under undercounting Sanders supporters. So that's crazy. And I saw a poll this morning out of California that had Sanders up 14 points in California, which is the largest, most diverse state in the United States. So it's it, it's getting crazy out there because I think people have all of a sudden realized, like, holy shit, like this is happening. Like this could happen. Um, and so, you know, you've seen this united front backlash um, that has been almost remarkable, like so remarkably coordinated. Um, you know, everyone from liberals like Jonathan Chait and Will Sailton to conservatives like Max Boot and David Frum, they've all written their own version of the Bernie can't win column, which is hilarious because he's leading the polls everywhere. This is eerily familiar to me, Nando. You know why? Because I'm old enough to have lived through 2016 and can remember the Trump can't win stuff. Oh, yeah. In <laughs> fact, I from remember, the same people. Yes, from the ex- exactly, exactly. It was this idea that these trained guns, the army of professionals in the establishment are going to, they're going to train their guns on you. They're going to set their sights, put you in the, the crosshairs of the scope and just kill you. The establishment will kill anybody that they want. And it's like, no, they won't. <laughs> it's like, no, they won't. What's going on here is that they're right to point out that the prospect of a Bernie Sanders presidency is all is so difficult to imagine. Like it would be such a shock to the system that it's it's incredibly difficult to imagine. And one of the things that is so dominant in American ideology that's we've been conditioned since we were children is that these things can't happen, that these kind of shocks to the system can't happen, that there's a sort of very narrow uh, spectrum of acceptable possibilities. And yeah, we know we fight amongst ourselves, but there's just this very narrow thing. We can't expect anything crazy to happen. We can't expect anything shocking to happen. Certainly not anything that would improve people's lives. Like that's just impossible. We got to throw that out the window immediately. Um, So we've been conditioned to accept that our whole lives, right? And that's the hard part about like opening your eyes and waking up and being like, oh my God, like we can do this. Like we can get together and actually change things. We've been conditioned to not believe that. So what these people are trying to do is remind you of that. And so doubt amongst all of us, you know, who believe in a better world, like they're, they're, what they're doing is like tickling that little nerve that you have inside your brain that says like, no, this isn't going to happen. Come on. This is not going to happen. It's impossible. It's impossible. You know, it's impossible. And the funny thing about that, Nando, is that the last two presidents is like a black guy and Trump is like, what? <laughs> All the rules should be out the window after those two. hundred percent. No, I, and I, yeah, exactly. I, I just, I think that's so important. What Nando said that it's really, it's all about people um, who I think are actually, and the, and the polls are showing that it's, it's successful. And you know what? 
maybe I actually do want to take a little risk and do something different because I want somebody who will actually be there to deliver for me. And now it's all just about, no, 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 that can't possibly work, just playing into people's fear. I think the the other thing, though, that we got to be really real about is if you look at the rules committee, which Tom Perez, the head of the DNC, put out, I mean, you've got people who personally hate Bernie Sanders, not just that they're like from the other wing of the party and have a self-interest in stopping him. And, you know, they hate him. And then we got Bloomberg and Bloomberg in a lot of ways as a candidate is a joke. But, yeah, this guy will spend hundreds of millions of dollars to keep hoarding his wealth and stop Bernie Sanders. So I think Bernie is going to win Iowa and New Hampshire. And then I think it already is starting. But, I mean, you're going to see just, you know, the spasms of this whole monster come at him and his movement. And it's going to be the nerds who get nothing right. You know, it's going to be like, well, actually, it's going to be really hard for him to win. And it's going to be a lot of other, you know, really dirty, underhanded shit. So people need to stay really focused. But, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Shates' big three calls were, you know, invade Iraq. Uh, Trump can never win. And even also, like, the Obama legacy is rock solid. It can't be altered. So, okay. Okay, Jonathan. Like, and and again, you know, from the— <laughs> And it's so funny that this is the same week that this stuff is happening, right? Where from the guy who used to write speeches for George W. Bush, he was writing speeches for the guy who was lying us into a war in Iraq, right? Like, that's who that guy is. Like, this is just rich. But like this, the fact that this guy even has a place in the public square is hilarious. Just in and of itself, it's like, bro, you're a scumbag. Like, there's no two ways about it. He wasn't just writing speeches for Bush. It's very important for people to know. He wrote the actual phrase, axes of evil. This right. was his <laughs> idea. The most famous speech in the entire Bush presidency, which had world-altering consequences. I mean, we, we, we've we seen reporting, very reliable reporting, that said that Iran was ready to make peace with the United States until they heard that speech. You know, like it, it killed the possibility of speech of, of peace with North Korea. That, that those three words, axis of evil, you know, it, it led to the war in Iraq, like world altering words for the worse from one of the worst human beings on the fucking planet. David Frum, who's not even American, he's Canadian. Get the fuck out. I'd be yeah. like a total reactionary. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's so many people that should be deported to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, uh, David Frum, Gavin McGinnis. We're fucking yeah. swimming in like Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. Like, what the, yo, Canada, what the Get the fuck, fuck out. Jesus Christ. I, 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 it's because Canada is like too a uh, decent society with like, you know, free healthcare and all that stuff. So they, those guys don't have a place there. They have to come to our <laughs> shitty country uh, and ruin our, ruin our time. Get the fuck out. But yeah, I you know, I just want to say that before Mike um continues, uh, I think that's why, you know, to reiterate what Nando was saying, like that's why these guys are are lining up and like, all right, this is actually real. This actually looks like something that has a possibility. We have to line up against it because this guy stands for everything that we're not. Um, you know, like the elitist mentality, the whole I'm up in Washington and I get to make money doing Absolutely nothing for nobody. Like, what what does from do for anyone, right? Like, I get that he has a job. At the, isn't he at the Atlantic? 
Yeah. Or like, I get that he has a job done, but what's his contribution to society been like? I can make money up there forever. And this guy upsets that opportunity, right? Like, you know, and Bernie's against all of that stuff. And that's why I think you see everybody lining up and being like, all right, we got to take this guy out. And of course, you know, it's hilarious because it goes from, Oh, somebody that extreme. And and I hate to belabor this, but the the whole extreme stuff just kills me. What's extreme? The fight for 15. So extreme. And that's what we're we're seeing happen all across the country. You know what I'm saying? Like universal health care, so extreme. Polls amazingly amongst the, you know, the U.S. citizenry. Like what are these extreme? They can never articulate what the extreme positions are ever. You know what it is, too, though? I think it's all that for sure. And it's look, at the end of the day, it is that right. But I think it's particularly in Bernie Sanders case because he really, you know, I think sometimes as a politician in his own ranks and with his own people, um, he should be more like. That shit that he doesn't like, like birthdays and all of that stuff, it actually matters. It actually is a part of politics, and and I think he's getting better at that. On the other hand, in a good way, when he shows up at the New York Times, he does it. He actually did a great job, but he knows he knows what, and he doesn't really like. Okay, well, fuck you too. And I think what's incredible, especially about media people is that they're so narcissistic and they're so crazy and delusional that they really, like, they would fight him anyways, first and foremost, because they represent the interests of corporations. But the fact that he doesn't kiss their ass drives them over the edge. To me, if you're a Bernie supporter, you should be encouraged by this. Of course, you know, like, the surge is real, Um, you know, all of these things where he's picking up steam is showing that the, the 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 actual ground operation is working. He's blowing these guys out the box with the money. Um, and, you know, and again, the panic is a good sign, right? Like, it, it does remind me of the Jebs and the... Dude, I remember, I remember one of the staffers, I forgot if it was a Jeb or a Romney staff, former staffer, one of these never-Trumper cats that... Everybody in the in the I was about to say lamestream media. Everybody in the mainstream media. <laughs> Everybody who who those people love, right? Um, I specifically remember him saying, "Trump is gonna lose fifty states. This guy's a joke. This guy's at this." You know, just sounding the panic alarms when, in reality. Um, and just remember this whenever all of these idiots make the electability arguments. You win the nomination of a major party, you're electable. That's that's just the bottom line. That's the reality of having a major two-party systems. Once you're a nominee, I don't care who you are, you're electable, okay? So don't let people make that argument. It's a nonsensical one. Um, and again, the idea of electability... The, the, the idea that those arguments are being made after Donald Trump was elected with the worst favorabilities, lying all day, every day. Like, you couldn't script a worse candidate as far as what these guys' standards are for what a quote-unquote candidate should be. No moderation in his message. You know, super gruff. Just like all of these things that they claim will not, you know, win the hearts and minds of American people. And he won. 
So, like, I don't want to hear from these cats anymore. The thing that people don't understand about um, the political spectrum is that most people see the political spectrum as two extremes and then kind of a moderate center in which people are like, oh, I want a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but not too much of that and not too much of this, right? And that's just not how the political spectrum works. They've they've actually done political science on this, and the vast majority of quote-unquote swing voters, so the the voters that in theory decide elections, right, the ones that go back and forth between parties, are not actually moderate people. They're actually quite radical in their beliefs. Like, they just believe things that are not ideologically coherent. So, like, they might believe, you know, that, you know, we can get free health care or we should get free health care, but they might also believe that every immigrant should be just shot in the head. Right. And these guys are called what they what political scientists call them are Mars voters, which are middle American radicals. That's what the middle of the political spectrum looks like, which is kind of what like Joe Rogan is. Right. I mean, I don't think Joe Rogan wants to shoot immigrants in the head, but he holds area that Joe Rogan has been like really good, really good on. Yeah. And I want to like give him the props for that because I I think that's helped. Right. But that's but he holds like heterodox views that are quite extreme, if that makes sense. And if you look at the history of presidential elections, extremism actually works whether it was Trump or whether it was Ronald Reagan, who at the time in 1980 was seen as a right-wing lunatic fringe person, not like the sort of sober moderate we think of today or or he's seen as today. At the time, Richard Nixon thought he was like this insane right-wing fanatic. Um, And look at – and then our most left-wing president of all time, probably FDR, got elected four times to the presidency. He won four general elections and he would have won 25 had had he lived. They would have voted him dictator for life. Um, so this idea that the center is where the people at or the moderates is where people at. Actually, very few people are moderate. No one really likes a moderate. No one likes John Kerry. No one likes Mitt Romney. No one likes Al Gore. No one likes any of these bozos. Bob Dole. That just is, is not a, a, there's just not a constituency for that type of thing. People want someone with some firm beliefs. And I don't want to oversell it, but, you know, it's such a different time. So I would... I think people overdo it with this, but Obama really did, in addition to the innate revolutionary aspect of him being the first black president, he go back and look at how he went after Hillary Clinton on being on the Walmart board and Iraq. Iraq was the was the main thing. It was just he just hammered her. Yes. Excuse the imagery there, but he just hammered (laughs) her on Iraq. (laughs) All right, Mike, we got to move on to. you know, Sean King, who's one of the most polarizing figures on the internet. Um, I happen to think he's he's a cool cat. Like I like I get why people are annoyed by him, but in my opinion, the guy generally just means well. He can just come off I as, like Sean King. I like Sean King. Like I always have. Like his style can rub people the wrong way, and I get that. But I like where his head is at, usually like 90% of the time, to be quite honest. Um, then he had this fantastic thread, and he's just pointing out that, like, bro, this week Joe Biden is lying about something that he admitted to lying about already in 1987 during his <laughs> one of his first presidential runs. Like, he's lying about having been a civil rights activist. Like, this, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is just ridiculous. This is not the type of thing you lie about, like, you know— the stuff where he's lying about being graduating at the top of his class, that's like resume stuff, right? Like, that's like, 
all right, you know, I'm really good at V lookups and, and pivot tables on Excel, the type of shit people lie about on their resume. This isn't that, bro. Like, this is shit. People died behind this stuff. That one was so funny. First movement in American history, maybe. <laughs> The funny was, I mean, his when he was talking about his college, his college twentieth century. I was a leader in it. <laughs> yeah, but when he was talking about his college uh, accomplishments, I was like, "This is so obviously a lie." You know, like when he's like, "I was the only one in my class at law school to get a full academic scholarship." Like, what? What? What law school only gives out one academic scholarship? Like, does it make any sense? He's like, "Yeah," and I had. Three degree, three undergraduate degrees. I had 160 credits when I only needed 120. It's like, what? Who gets like? What are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, I was the number one student in my political science uh, department. It's like, man, the, I've seen, I've seen like boasters and liars and all that stuff. It's like you can spot that shit from a mile away. It's so obvious, dude. Watching him lie real quick is honestly like the only thing I could think of. Is it's like a mashup of Borat and Trump. Yeah, it's like Trump lies like like no one lies more than Trump. But because of the weird at like you were just saying, Nando, Nando, it's like that weird added like it's like a, a lot, a big lie like Trump, but with like weird specifics like a Borat movie. Like I have 175 credit. No one need more 100. I get them all. I'm only one academic. <laughs> I get all the scholarships. Only one. I win it. <laughs> and these things are so easily found out. It's like, this is like, you know, if you lie and said like, yo, man, it was this girl on my block. Yo, I, I literally went, I literally got her chat out to treat her one day, one summer when I was 15. Like, I, it really happened. Like, these type of things are hard to disprove, but like, the, what, like, where you graduated in your class? <laughs> Call them up and find the thing. And it's, it, they have records. It's the easiest, like, the reporters were almost like they couldn't believe it. They're like, why would you lie about this, man? Like, we can check this in two seconds. You're running for president. You know, like, it, it's just so funny and bizarre. And, and the, you know, and the funny thing, what I find so amazing and ironic about it is watching those clips from, you know, it's like a talking heads panel from 88 where they're talking about Biden. And they're like, yo, a lot of people in D.C., his rep is it's all chat. There's nothing actually behind. There's nothing actually there. There's nothing actually behind that. He's a phony. And today his reputation is being middle class Joe. Like, I'm a real guy, blah, 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 blah. It's all nonsense. He's been in the pockets of the banks um, and the, you know, the real estate industry and all these other industries, man. Um, since the night, since the late nineties, essentially, you know what I'm saying? Like he's, a phony like the guy is coasting on Barry's legacy and so therefore he has a level of celebrity and name recognition with a lot of people in the party and that's what his support is based on his actual platform is literally let's keep everything exactly the same so you can't tell me he's winning on his issues it's not the issues you can't tell me he's winning on it like what's Joe Biden's issue right now aside from win the election like, he doesn't have one. He doesn't have one. He's not winning on anything. This is a joke. When this primary started, you know, I, you know, I follow politics very closely. Um, and when this primary started, I saw that Joe Biden, who is a 
utterly loathsome human being in so many ways. And so, and beyond that, like beyond his political content, which is awful, like just so obviously wrong for the moment, right? Like in this moment of desperation for change in the electorate, not just in the United States, but all over Europe, a guy like Joe Biden is just so obviously wrong for the moment, right? But when I saw him get into the primary and he had, you know, 45 to 50 percent of the vote uh, in the polls, I was like, man, if Joe Biden wins this primary, I'll have to like, I can't, how can I like believe in politics anymore? Like, I, I, it would like shatter my faith that any of this shit even matters. You know what I mean? Um, but one of the truisms that people always talk about in primaries is that most voters, the vast majority of voters, don't pay attention till the very end, till the couple weeks uh, before the, they have to vote, um, then they kind of just start reading up a little bit or start paying more attention, and then they sort of make their decision and vote, right? And that's what I've, that's what I found most heartening is that more or less two to three weeks before uh, the first Iowa caucus, you see Joe Biden's numbers just take a huge dip. So, like, I think people, a lot of the support was people were just kind of like, yeah, Joe, he's fine. Yeah, we'll take him. That, that'll take. But then as soon as they started really paying attention, that's when you see his numbers start to crater. Um, so it's kind of restoring my faith in the political process somewhat. Yeah, I, I, I actually have a, a similar feeling to that. And I also just think, like, some of politics is really just performance. And even as things change so much, people shouldn't forget that. So I do. I think a lot of people like, you know, a Bill Clinton or a Barack Obama, at the end of the day, it really was their just charisma and leadership qualities. Mm -hmm. And I think, honestly, like the other thing people need to be honest about with Joe Biden is that in 2016, Bernie would have won and that would have been the best thing we could have do, done, obviously. But Biden would have won. Biden would have yeah. Trump's ass. But yeah. now watching this and he's diminishing, like I, 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 he's sundowning he's mentally. <laughs> it's a crazy <laughs> risk besides all of the problems and all of the facts that, you know, all of his like backroom shit and double dealing shit around his family. That is just the exact just disaster scenario to run against Trump. I hope everybody sees that. Also, you know, I just want to address something that I, and, and we keep talking about it week after week on the show, but it's something I saw in the Sean King um, comments and it's something I keep seeing amongst, I guess, I don't know what you would call these people, squishy, centrist libs, like um, this idea that this is a scorched earth mentality amongst Bernie supporters that we're digging up dirt that's not going to help him if he's the eventual nominee. This shit's going to come out if he's the nominee. Like, if you actually think the Republicans aren't going to figure out that Joe Biden's been lying his whole life on the campaign trail whenever he's run for president, it's going to come out. His cozy relationship with the banks is going to come out. It's not going to be any differently than when they attack Hillary on Goldman. They attack Hillary on all this other stuff. Like, the speech, the um, the speaking fees, and all of that stuff. Like the attack is oh, like, and I th I don't think a lot of liberals and Dems understand this. Like the problem with Hillary's candidacy was her her inability to make a differentiation between herself and the other candidate. It's like, bro, you talking about you some champion of the poor, blah, blah, blah. You fly private. You freaking, you go to Goldman and get $250,000 to speak for an hour. 
you know, you're doing all of these things. Like, this is your past. Like, you're a phony. She could not effectively make that argument. And guess what? Biden's not going to effectively be able to make that argument either. This differentiation is not going to work, man. And also, he's diminishing as a person. And that's not going to help either. The bottom line is, and I think, of course, Bernie can make the art. And I keep saying this. He can effectively, in good faith, with a straight face, say, no, this is what I'm actually about. This is what I've actually been about. And to a much lesser extent, you can say that maybe about Warren, maybe. Because she has a history of, you know, consumer advocacy and all of that kind of stuff. But, like, the bottom line, bro, like... This guy's not going to be able to make this argument, this idea that nobody's going to realize that he lied about being at the sit-ins. Like, this shit is going to come up. I'm sorry. I, all of this stuff about why are we attacking our fellow Dems? I don't know. This is. I guess it's a primary, but it should be a pillow fight. Like, shut the fuck up. Well, you're absolutely right. But the, and the other thing, too, besides that, that's so fucking infuriating. I don't agree with that position, but there is maybe occasionally you see people pop up like this. I, I can't even think of a name, but there is like maybe one or two people in the whole universe of this shit who say that. And then they literally, they don't badmouth anybody, right? They really do have anybody but Trump mentality. It could be Bernie. It could be Biden. It could be Tulsi, right? It could be Buttigieg. Now, I don't agree with that because primaries are primaries. And in fact, partially, like, we're going to protect ourselves by being serious about the primary because it's going to come up in the general election one way or another. But always, 99.999% of the time, the people that are saying this are the same people that will, you know, literally defame Bernie. Yeah, I mean, well, forget even negative campaigning. I mean, the comfort level at lying about him is mind blowing. Yeah. So that's like the other thing about him is that about this dynamic is that, again, I wouldn't agree. But if somebody came along and was just like, I don't have a bad word to say about any of them because I feel we got to get rid of Trump full stop. OK, I can respect that even if I don't agree. But most of these people are just coming out and it's just like, oh, well, I want to be able to lie about a whole movement <laughs> and smear a bunch of people. I want to be able to lie about and demonize and be absolutely disgusting and unethical to one candidate and the millions of actual workers and human beings he represents. But if I get called on it, if I get criticized, if I get teased, if my candidate's actual record gets talked about, well, that's horrible. And we need to talk about Trump. So it's another like disgusting, hypocritical double standard. But the weird thing is that this idea that the right wing is getting all their attack ideas from watching the primary, you know, it's like as like as if they're getting like the secret cheat codes, like the game genie uh, secret cheat codes uh, to how to attack Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden from the primary. Like that, that's what they're like. They don't have like armies of investigators and lobbyists just digging up oppo on every single democrat ever at all times you know like especially anyone running for president you know and they're not preparing uh, attacks on their own like the fact that they that they would need uh, to get ideas from you know bernie supporters or whatever is just absolutely hilarious and childish and it's just but no the reason why it's annoying though nando for me is like this i keep hearing this colorblind shit like 
Bernie's running some fan- fantastical uh, colorblind campaign. He's clueless on race. Biden lied about being at the sit-ins. Okay, like what the fuck? That's crazy. And again, this is the same dude that did the eulogy at, at Strom Thurmond's funeral. Like what the f- like? What are we talking about? I want to say too. What's really funny to me, get, going back to the Rogan thing for one second, and let's make it a totally separate category. I don't, you know, it's ridiculous. Howard Stern, Rogan, whatever, go on there, try to make your case cool. Joe Biden's social media team tried to take a shot at Bernie about this Mm. and forgetting even Joe Biden's whole record. Joe Biden, a guy who supports Joe Biden is this congressman from Massachusetts named Stephen Lynch, who was a congressman in the 1990s. I believe he was in the state legislature in Massachusetts. He co-sponsored a gay panic defense bill that literally is you can murder somebody and it's a valid defense to be like, well, thought he was trying to fuck me. Yeah. yeah. It's just and then it's like, okay, (laughs) but yes, absolutely. You could take a shot at Bernie Sanders for highlighting a popular podcaster who said some awful shit liking you. Like, it's just both of what you're saying is true. Like the. (laughs) The hypocrisy just knows no bounds. You know? well, the funniest thing ever was that in this primary, uh, a right-wing kind of uh, troll journalist, huckster guy, I, th- I think it was James O'Keefe or one of, one of those type of guys, <laughs> at an event went up to Biden and asked him how many genders there are. <laughs> and Biden said, at least three. <laughs> it was like the funniest thing ever. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, and then he put the tweet. Yeah, he's like at least three. <laughs> so, like the you know the Biden's tweet about uh, you know how transgender rights are the civil rights issue of our time. It was a, which was a direct um, reference to Bernie embracing the Rogan endorsement. Uh, was just so funny because like Biden wouldn't like has never met a trans person in his entire life, uh, and you know maybe and he doesn't know anything about trans issues at all. Like it's not, I'm not saying that he has any bigoted views, or although he probably. Does, does a little bit, but he just doesn't know anything about that issue at all. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and Bernie, like, again, there's this piece in uh, the Daily Beast that's like, Burlington was a trans mecca in the 80s. That That's the thing, though, that really does drive me crazy with, like, <laughs> all of the lies about Bernie is it's like, they don't, it's like, they don't even hold him to the same, like, oh, okay, Elizabeth Warren voted for Reagan during the AIDS crisis, but she, and pretends she's a Native American, but she changed. Okay, Joe Biden yeah. was like buddies with segregationists, but he changed. Okay, so if that's the standard, all right, fair enough. It just so happens that the one guy that you're going to lie about and say is like a bigot is the only one that like in 1972 was like, yeah, gay people shouldn't be discriminated against. It's yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah unfucking believable to me you know it's just like all right yeah and the fight goes on um you know again <laughs> I, like I, you know like to me it's about making the arguments on the merits um i, I you know i think if you wanted to make that colorblind critique back in 2016 
Sure. I mean, whatever. I, I I think there was there was there was room there. What I'm saying is, in 2016, he left himself open to that kind of thing for sure. Um, I don't know that it was necessarily the most fair critique, but he was open to that, right? Um, it's over for that. And again, we got to think about the context. We got to think about if that's your beef, that's your problem. Who, we got to think about who is actually in the race right now. Like, are you are you saying with a straight face that Biden is just he's just better on race than Bernie is? Like Biden, Biden, <laughs> woo, child, boy. Let's be real. Like, it's a Biden versus Bernie race at the moment. Yeah, like yeah. you know, like, and then you have to make your choice based on that. Like, all these other jokers are fading so fast. Um, it's just impossible to imagine them turning it around at this point. Right now, it really is a race to the end between Biden and Bernie, and that's your choice. Like, if you consider yourself a left of center person, left liberal, progressive, whatever, you know, that's your choice. Like, look inside yourself and say, do I want Biden, the guy who is, you know, uh, clearly, you know, his brain's leaking out of his ear, or uh, or Bernie Sanders, the guy who has been fighting this good fight his entire life? I know we got to go, but did you guys catch... That Vice panel, we played it on my show. Um, no. So they tell Biden, and honestly, this is where I feel bad. He clearly doesn't know. He's losing his mind. And people aren't giving him information. So they're like, why do you think that you're losing with young African-American voters? And he's like, I'm winning with every single African-American. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and they got by a huge margin. And the host kind of teased him a little bit. He's like, you know, kind of like, hey, what do you mean by huge? Like, like this huge or this huge? And Biden looks at him and he goes, come on, man. So good. Oh, boy. <laughs> and that's the guy. Yeah. Know, Bernie Sanders was like, I thought. You know, that scene with uh, Richard Pryor where he, you know, teaches Gene Wilder how to dance was funny. That would prompt like a hundred think pieces. Right. But Joe Biden could sit and be like, come on, man. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, fucking register. The, the last thing I want to say about this is, um, you know, I remember feeling like, look, a lot of people in the Bernie camp, which I've considered myself a member of, were definitely really salty after 2016 about. The DNC cleared the way, blah, 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 blah. Hillary sucks, and then she lost, and blah, blah, blah. And then the never Hillary, and Bernie and Buss, and all of this other shit. And I remember my my critique being at the time, like, yo, you lost. That's it, right? Like, you lost. You you ran the race. Bernie lost. It's fine. It's okay. Like, but it's he lost. It's cool. And here's what I'll say about people being really annoying right now. Like, you can't make the argument... As I did, like, yo, um, you know, well, if, if progressivism is so, is so popular, how come y'all never win? You can't make that argument and then start telling people what kind of ways they get to fight. Like, it doesn't work. You can't have it both ways, okay? You can't fix the fight. It's a fight. <laughs> now somebody has to win, and that's it. <laughs> all right? Like, they, like all of this, oh, Bernie, why are you doing this? Why are you just shut up? Win, win. You get just as dirty. Win, motherfucker. That's what it's going to take. <laughs> I love that. All right, that's yeah. a perfect time to end. Uh, perfect note to end on. Win, motherfucker. We will be <laughs> back next week with more Woke Bros. Leave us a review. 
Make sure you're subscribed to the bomb feed. Find Nonzo in the notes. You can find him on Twitter. You can watch him on TYT. Of course, you can become a member of The Athletic. You can also become a patron of the Count of Dings Network. And obviously, that's all the ways you can listen to Waz and read his writing. And of course, follow the man uh, on, on Twitter and Instagram. Also, Instagram for Nonzo. For me, best way, patreon.com slash TMBS. Also, TMBS.fm, where you can find out about uh, our live shows, get our gear, uh, hoodies, and so on. And uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, Rob Lopez. Thanks, everybody. Peace and love. See you next week. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.